What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Unfiltered Experience, where we bring you unfiltered conversations designed to move your mindset, your courage, your confidence forward and talk about spirituality and expansion. I'm Christopher Roush, your no excuses coach, and uh, I'm joined by where's Scotty? Where's Scotty Goyette? Scotty, where are you? Scotty, where are you? No, seriously, guys, Scott is actually in an airplane flying back from Pittsburgh. He just did a training session over in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He's coming back to Texas. His plane was delayed, so unfortunately, he's not going to be able to make the broadcast. So you're stuck with me, Mr. Roush. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys for being here, whether you're live or on the replay. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Whether you're listening on the audio podcast or watching us here on the video cast, video cast thank you guys for being here. I appreciate it, appreciate it. We're on show number 107 of this particular aspect of the Unfiltered Experience. As you guys know, we did the Friday night live show for a while. So we've been doing the show for a little about two and a half years. I've been doing the raw and unscripted show for over three years. So we got a lot of content out there. So please go and visit our website, theunfilteredexperience.com. So you can go ahead and check all that out. But thank you for being here. And before we get started with today's conversation, we got Glenda Wright in the house. What's up, y'all? Thank you, Glenda, for being here. I appreciate you being on time. I love it. I love it. We're going to get kickstarted here in just a second. But uh, I want to let you guys know. Uh, helphealhumanity.org is an organization that I'm affiliated with. I'm on the board of directors. I've been there for a couple of years now. And uh, this time of the year, this time of what's going on in the world is pretty critical. So we would appreciate you, uh, if you if you enjoy the content here on the show, is supporting Help Heal Humanity with whatever type of donation you could possibly do, whether it's 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 25 bucks, 100 bucks, whether you want to sponsor a child. We've got a lot of things going on and there's a lot of people in the world right now with food insecurities, housing insecurities, and things of that nature, living on the streets. We need your help. Together, we can help heal humanity and we need your help. Everybody together, just imagine if everybody in the world donated one buck, what would that do for those people insecure, uh, not eating and not having shelter every single night? We would appreciate that. So I know you're going to get value out of the show. We've done 106 other shows. So if you go get value out of that and you change your life and you expand your income and everything else, do us a favor, pay it forward and help us out at helphealhumanity.org. Um, I would personally appreciate that. And if you take a screenshot, anything you donate over 200 bucks, I will give you an hour of my time for free coaching session so you can get the tax deductible tax deductible uh donation and you can have an hour coaching with me which is definitely a little bit uh, less expensive than it would be if you normally paid full price so uh 200 donation gets an hour free with me and it helps somebody tremendously we're sending kids to school in haiti every single week we're feeding them now so we need your support to continue to make that happen i know things are rough right now but if you have uh if you have plenty in your house and you are able to do it we would appreciate and love you for that that's your fee for being here and uh, absorbing this amazing information. appreciate it. Got Robert Broker in the house. What's up, Robert? He says, hey, Christopher, how you doing, brother? I appreciate you being here. And uh, Glenda says here, we had some wick weather here. And how are you, Chris, with the weather there? Uh, yeah, weather's been kind of crazy, hasn't it? I mean, we've been blessed here in Southern California. I live in Southern California, so thankfully, and I hate to say that because I feel bad for the people in Northern California. Our rain here hasn't been too bad, but the people up in Northern California have absolutely been devastated. I don't know if you've seen the news footage, cars floating away. It's just been absolutely devastating. The good part, I guess, if you can look at it that way, it's it's been helping the California drought, which we were desperately needed the rain. The last couple of winters, we didn't have hardly any rain, and the forest fires and everything else you guys have seen on the news has been pretty traumatic. So again, whatever the whether it's help heal humanity or something, please pay it forward so we can help people in need because uh, together we are humanity, right? You know, it doesn't matter what color your skin is, doesn't matter what ethnicity you are, social or uh, sexual orientation, any label that people want to put on us. We're all the same. We're all human beings. And if you put us all in a room, you split us open. We're all the same. We're all red inside. We got organs we can interchange, blood we can interchange. You know, that's that's the thing we call humanity. And I'm very passionate about that. While I'm living here, 
my purpose and my intention is to make the world a better place for who I am, what I say, what I do, and paying it forward so that ultimately when my time comes, that my kid and his kids can inherit a world that's a beautiful place to live in. So with that together, we can do that. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. We got Susan in the house. What's up, Susan? She says, good evening, everyone. Thank you, thank you, Susan, for being here. Robert's giving us a weather forecast. He says, it's been rather cold and snowy and rainy today. Brr. Well, thank you, Robert. I hope you're bundled up and uh, you guys didn't come to the unfiltered experience to get a weather forecast. So tonight I'm really excited about our guest tonight. I feel bad Scott's not here because I know he'd be excited about this as well. But I met this individual on the OWL app. You guys have heard me talk about it. It's that social app where you can actually um, go in and you can find all these different experts and you can pick their brain. You can pay them five bucks, three bucks, 20 bucks, whatever it might be. You can pick their brain, have an expert, give you opinion, give you advice right immediately. And then you can go implement it. And uh, one of the benefits for me doing this is I've met so many tremendous individuals a few of them have been here on the show and uh this this guy will definitely inspire you his story is pretty incredible of what he's accomplished in his life and now what he's doing in the rest of the world so please welcome to the unfiltered experience mr cliff ravenscraft what's going on cliff how are you doing tonight brother i have never been better it gets better every single minute of the day christopher thank you so much for allowing me to come on to this live broadcast Oh, you're most welcome. I can see you're a fellow podcaster. You got everything all set up. And we're going to be talking about all of your podcasts. I thought I had a few, but you definitely have a few. <laughs> but thank you for being here, brother. I appreciate it. And uh, we've got some amazing folks already in the house. So as as a just a reminder for all you guys, if you have questions as we're going through this conversation, you want to ask Cliff something, you want to ask me something, you want to engage with us in the conversation. This is a conversation between all of us sitting at a bar, coffee shop, whatever you prefer, uh, having a good time. You guys are kind of just eavesdropping on this conversation going, hey, wait a minute, what are, they, what, what are these guys doing? These guys are successful happy i want to take some of that information because listen here this is the god's honest truth guys when you take the information it's one thing to be inspired but it's another thing to start putting it into action so let's get off the bat right away cliff and talk to us about your story and in a brief two minute summary talk to us about your journey of where you were and where you are today and then we'll kick it off from there with some questions i have in my brain for you already all right well prior to 17 years ago i lived a lifetime of an employee and for 12 years before I became full-time self-employed, I worked for a family-run insurance agency owned by my mom and dad that was started by my grandfather in 1937. I was next in line to take it over. My dad has since retired. If I, if I would have stayed in the business, I'd be making about $1.5 to $2 million a year in personal income. That's what I walked away from to pursue what I felt most called to do in this world, which is to pursue a career doing what I was doing at the time, which was podcasting, reaching hundreds of thousands of people around the world with my voice, bringing entertainment, education, encouragement, and inspiration. And that's really my passion. And I started out the first 12 years, I figured out how to make money by doing, uh, teaching people how to do what I was doing through podcasting. So I became known around the world as the podcast answer man. I personally trained more than 40,000 people how to launch their podcast. Pretty much almost everyone who has a podcast today either learned from me or learned from somebody who learned from me or learned from somebody who learned from somebody who learned from me, which is pretty cool. <laughs> That's uh, a legacy. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. But uh, after more than about another 10 years, 12 years of doing podcast answer man, I became bored to tears answering people's questions about the technical aspects of podcasting. And I made a transition from podcast answer man to mindset answer man. Today, I help people break free from any limiting beliefs, behaviors, or thought patterns that are keeping them from living the life they most want to live. 
Mm, dude, I love that. That was a great answer. Um, and I appreciate that. So what was that? What was that, uh, that impetus for you to, to really start thinking about limiting beliefs and fears? What was it in your life that started to having you think like, how do I break out of these limiting beliefs that I have for myself? Well, for me, I, I guess it ended, it started for me in a pretty big way when I landed in the hospital after my first year of working full-time self-employed. So January 2008, I'm, I have never owned a business before. I was pretty incredible at sales, but I had all sorts of limiting beliefs about how much one should get paid. So prior to being an, in, as an insurance agent, I was not, you know, I had a pretty decent salary, but b- prior to that, I was always paid by the hour and I'd never been paid more than 20 or 30 bucks an hour. So here I am full-time self-employed and I'm asking people to pay me $50 an hour for my coaching. And I thought, man, I should be paying people to allow me the privilege and honor to talk about this thing that I love so much. And I used to have this belief that the more you hate what you do or the more difficult and challenging what you do, the more you should get paid. Mm-hmm. So if if you think about it, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm sitting here getting paid to do something that's incredibly easy, and I love doing it. I feel mm-hmm. like I should be paying them for the opportunity, and yet I felt guilty and ashamed of the fact that I was asking $50 an hour, which <laughs> Can you imagine? It's, it's ridiculous. So um, because of my limiting beliefs about pricing, about the value that I bring to the table, about what it means to earn money, all of these things, the, these beliefs caused me to work nine, or I'm sorry, 12 to 14 hours a day, seven days a week, and for nine months, I never took a single day off. So imagine I get up early in the morning, I grab myself something to eat for breakfast, go downstairs to my office, which I work from home. I would go upstairs, grab something for lunch to take back down to work through lunch. I'd go up, have maybe 45 minutes for dinner with the family. I'd go back to work and I would do that. That's 12 to 14 hours a day. That was, by the way, you just heard about all of my physical activity that I got for the day. (laughs) <laughs> going up and down the stairs to get your food. Yeah. And it's like, well, gosh, Cliff, didn't you ever go to the bathroom? Yeah. The bathroom was right there attached to my office, you know, in and out, boom. That's about 15 more steps each time, right? And maybe 10 steps. So this, I eventually, after nine months, I decided to take one day a week off, which was Sundays. And I felt so guilty about taking that day off because I'm here. I'm a, I'm a father. I've got a stay-at-home wife. I have three young kids. I left this incredibly secure career as an insurance agent. I was making lots of money, on track to take this over. And by the way, 2008, I don't know if you know anything about the world and what happened in 2008. (laughs) Everybody else was losing their jobs. And here I am, Cliff Ravenscraft, pursuing my hobby (laughs) as a career. And so I felt so guilty about taking one day a week off when I'm having a hard time even putting food on the table for my family that I, the only way I was able to do that is by convincing myself I'll work more hours the other six days a week. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I was getting on average, I was, I was getting on average about three hours a night per sleep of sleep at the end of the year. I decided to celebrate the fact that I was still in business, that I was actually profitable. Uh, by the way, at the end of my first year in business, the business paid for all of its overhead expenses. It paid for health insurance benefits for the family, which was a business expense, paid for the CPA, all the software, all that stuff. Personal income, 
$11,000 after taxes. That's Ooh. my net income for Go the year. <laughs> Woo! But hey, I was still profitable and that was good. Uh, so to celebrate, I did a 24-hour nonstop podcast marathon where I recorded and published 24 podcast episodes in 24 hours all by myself. You're insane. I am insane. <laughs> so... But, you know, there's a couple of things that I have as a philosophy for how to get noticed out there in this noisy world. Number one, be somebody worth talking about. True. And and or number two, do something worth talking about. And so you do crazy things like I do, and it's like people start talking about you. So I did this 24-hour nonstop podcast marathon, and around hour 21, 22, I'm starting to experience some, some physical discomfort. Finally, everything's over. I lay down in bed. I cannot find a position without being in excruciating pain. Long story made short, I had massive gallstones all in my body. Ooh. I had one stuck in my cystic duct, and I was in the hospital for two weeks where I almost died. Wow. Holy Batman. Wow. <laughs> so, and how uh, old were you at this time? I, I have no idea. So, Night, say 2009 minus 1973. So whatever that is, that's how old I was. Hmm. I can't do math that quick. I don't, I don't do live math either. Uh, we could ask chat GPT or something like that. But anyway, here's what I will say is I, I got out of the hospital and I re realized a couple of things. Number one, ain't no way ever I'm going back to becoming an employee. Certainly not in the family business. I know how much money I could make over there, but money's not everything for me. Yeah. And during that first year, while I didn't make very much money, I had the autonomy of setting my own schedule. I had freedom. There was all sorts of things that the, you know, that I may not have made a lot of personal income, but because of how the tax system works, there's a lot of things the business paid for that I wouldn't typically be able to do. And, you know, I had the highest highs emotionally. But I also had the highest levels of anxiety, fear, self-doubt, lack of confidence, and all this other stuff. And I only made it through because of what I call the mastermind principle. Some people in my life that I could tap into their experience, their encouragement, their education, their skills, their areas of expertise. And it got me through. And so I knew that I was on the right path, but I knew that you know, I've got to do something with my body. I've got to figure out how to live a healthier life. And and that's what got me started down this road to answer your question with a very long response about how I got into figuring out belief systems. No, I love it, Cliff. Thank you for sharing that. We had a few people going, oh my God, wow, that's insane. What was your biggest fear when you think back, you know, trans transferring from, you know, a comfortable position, making good money? I was in the same spot back in November of 2019. I had six-figure salary. I was comfortably miserable, as I call it. I'd been there for 26 years. It was my zone of excellence, leadership. I have a master's degree in organizational management. It was like everything, but I was afraid to make that jump to do my coaching and my speaking and everything else full-time. Talk to us about what it is that got you over that fear. Did you have like a big why? Did you have an epiphany? What was it that said like, hey, listen, I can do this. And did you get your family support in while you were doing that? Well, I definitely had my family support through everything. Um, there, there's no doubt about that. My, my dad, when I told him I was leaving the family business after 12 years, he says, listen, uh, I totally get it. And he says, if you ever, if it doesn't work out and you come back here, you always can come back. So that's no question whatsoever. That's good. But the one thing I will tell you, Cliff, 
knowing what I know about you, there's absolutely no way at all that you will ever fail at what you're doing. And he says, you know how much money you can make here at owning this agency. And while it may not happen right away, I promise you doing what it is that you most love to do and what you feel called to do in this world, you'll ultimately make exponentially more money doing that than you could ever make here. Wow. So that's that's the support that I had from my dad. The support that I had from my wife was she's the one who convinced me 90 days before January 1st, 2008 to go in and put my, my notice in because we were podcasting together. And she saw what it was that that drove me. So not only was I an insurance agent, but at the time, I was also an associate pastor. I was an associate pastor for more than a decade. And so I've always had a heart for serving others at the highest level, making an incredible impact in people's lives. And as a result of reaching hundreds of thousands of people around the world with lots of different podcasts on lots of different topics, I started getting lots of communication. This right here is a stack of thank you cards from people from all over the world. Wow. I have a stack of letters that came in the mail. Three of these letters, by the way, are people who have said that they chose not to commit suicide as as a result of something that I said in the podcast. Hell yeah. And then there's more than 100 postcards from all over the world. And it, and this is just the the stuff that came in the physical mail. Uh, I was averaging somewhere between 100 to 1,000 emails a month from all over the world with people begging me to answer some of the deepest, darkest uh, questions in their life. And as a pastor for 10 years, in one week, I would have more in-depth, meaningful, life-transforming conversations in one week than I did an entire 10 years of full-time minute, well, part-time ministry on the side of my insurance career, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So, yeah. So what, so I had the support of my wife because she said, listen, you and I both know that this is what you're called to do. This work online, this work of encouraging, equipping, inspiring, empowering people. You're already making three to $5,000 a month, every single month, just playing with this stuff on the side. And I had I, I, I used to love my career as an insurance agent until I started this online work. Mm-hmm. Once I discovered this, it's like, wow. Okay, so as a pastor, I thought one day I'm going to be a pastor full time. But then I realized as an insurance agent, wait, ain't no way I'm ever going to accept the role of a head pastor of a church. Because at most, I'm going to serve, what, a couple of hundred, maybe 5,000, 6,000 people if we have a mini mega church in our area. Right. And so that that's the max. As an insurance agent, I was actually reaching 15 to 20,000 clients. And I was the first person people would call if somebody in the family was involved in a car accident. Somebody just passed away. Our house just burned to the ground last night. I, I was the first person that really spoke to a lot of these people. And as a as a person of service and wanting to be an equipper and encourager and and help people through difficult, challenging times, I had more opportunity as an insurance agent than I was ever going to have as a pastor. But, but we'll, we'll just back, just want to stop you here for a second. What, going back to the original part of the question, what were some of the fears that you were facing in that, and how did you mitigate those with yourself? You had the support of your family, you had the support of your dad, and everything. Yeah, so but thinking the, about the fears, like you know, will I be able to do it, and all those types of things. What things to have, did you have to transition in your mind? Was this something that you were used to doing? Were you used to taking big leaps in your life, or was was this kind of like the biggest leap you had ever taken in your life? It, this was definitely the biggest leap since getting married. 
that I had taken in my life and having children. Yeah. Uh, but both <laughs> of both leap. of those were big, big leaps. Oh yeah. Uh, but I I guess I have always had a little bit of a history of taking leaps, starting new things, and not being so overly cautious about you know whether or not it's going to lead to something. Why am I doing this? What's the return on investment? I'm I've always been an early adopter of new technologies, new this, new that. And if it works out, it works out. But what I was saying with all of this stuff, so the, the reason why I show you all of this feedback, talk about all this feedback and the ministry side of this, is it's because that's what got me through all of the fears. And trust me, I had every fear you can possibly imagine. I'm Number sure. one, I feel like I'm an imposter. Who am I? I don't, you know, who am I to get out here and do all this? There's so many more people who have so much more experience, so much more credibility. They're more prolific communicators, all of this stuff. I'm just the guy in Northern Kentucky. Who am I? I had that stuff. Right. I don't know anything about running a business. I don't know how to, you know, figure out all these tax things. And and I had the fear of how long can I pull this off? Am I going to be able to make my if I'm going to be able to make any money? Are people going to hire me? Mm -hmm. And then the crazy thing is, is I would get 10, 15, 20 clients. It's all lined up. I'm booked up solid and all this other stuff. But this is great. But it is is this all going to come to an end when's it all going to crash burn to the ground and, when's the shoe going to drop you know it's, it that's a, when's the next shoe going to drop it's all yeah. of those kind of belief systems so those were my fears is that i'm who i why am i here pursuing my hobby when there's this incredibly responsible career path that was given to me on a golden on a silver platter who am i to go chase my hobby so yeah. those were my fears but what to, the reason why I went into all that other stuff is because what got me through every fear was was that feedback. The fact that as an insurance agent, sure, I had the opportunity to serve more people than a pastor than I ever would as a pastor. But what I was doing in my free time as an insurance agent online was exponentially greater and more impactful than what I could ever achieve as an insurance agent. And so no matter how much money I could be making as the owner of my own insurance agency that was started by my grandfather in 1937. It doesn't pay. It doesn't even co compare to the opportunity that I have today. I reach hundreds of thousands mm -hmm. of people around the world. You got a like, big enough why. Your your why went like this. So your why goes like that, and then your how becomes that much exponentially more impactful because you have more leverage to be able to have that support and do those crazy, dangerous things that most people wouldn't do because you went from certainty to uncertainty. But you jumped in. You went from existing in life to living in life, right? Yeah, I, that's exactly right. I actually began living life for the first time. In fact, living my own life because prior to that, I didn't have this language back then. It's certainly easier to see this looking back and knowing what I know today. Yeah. But really prior to 2008, I didn't really live my life at all. Mm -hmm. I only lived what I believed was necessary to fit into the expectations of what everyone else thought I should be doing as a husband, as a father, as a son, as a community member, as a church member, as a this or a that. Which I is the number one regret of the dying, by the way, the, the five regrets of the dying. That's the what you just said perfectly stated is the number one regret of dying that the hospice nurse wrote the book about. So I uh, thank yeah. you for saying that so eloquently. Yeah. So and and so I decided I'm I didn't decide it. I it's just I just couldn't not decide it. It's you couldn't basically, refuse it. I couldn't refuse it. I, it's like this, the opportunity to go and do this thing 
just seems impossible for me to pass up. So that's exactly what happened. Good, man. That's awesome. You brought up limiting beliefs before that. So somebody's sitting here watching the show right now, and, and a lot of people do have limiting beliefs. I had limiting beliefs. Sometimes I still do. What are a couple of action steps that people can take to, to get themselves out of that limiting belief? Like, I'm not good enough. I, I always fail. I always fail. I always fuck things up. I always do these things. You know, I'm not good enough. You know, I'm not worthy enough. You talked about worth earlier enough. So people are sitting at home sitting there, man, I just, I wish I had that faith. I wish I had that confidence. I wish I could be able to do that. What are some steps that people can start doing immediately that they can kind of get them, get themselves out of that limiting? belief and realize that it's that it may not be safe and perfect but it's going to be realistic over the long haul to be able to get out of that and develop that confidence over the long haul well i think the first thing that i would recommend that you do is become aware of the beliefs that you have and maybe you're already aware that you have the belief that i'm not worthy of this um you know that i'm not good enough i don't there's no way i could make enough money if you're already aware of limiting beliefs then you've already done step one become aware of the beliefs that are holding you back from doing yeah. whatever it is that you want to do. Be honest with yourself. Yeah. Now, some of you are not aware of what your limiting beliefs are. Matter of fact, we all have these unconscious beliefs that we've adopted throughout our entire lifetime. And 90% of the beliefs that we have that cause us to think those the voice that's in our head, the narrator that's giving us all these thoughts all the time, the one that's always talking to us, those 90% of the beliefs that's causing those thoughts, causing us to feel the way we do, and it's only our thoughts and our feelings that cause us to take whatever actions or to avoid taking actions. True. So 90% of what we believe we're not consciously aware of. And so you cannot get different results unless you take different actions. Mm -hmm. You cannot take different actions unless you think and feel differently. And you can't think and feel differently unless you know what beliefs are causing that. So yeah. for those of you who don't know what your limiting beliefs are and those who already know a few that you have, I still want to give even those people a tip, a strategy, a technique for how you can discover more of those unconscious beliefs. Please. It's really simple. Ask, write down this question as a journal prompt, if you will. What is one dream that I have that excites me and or scares me the most? Mm, love questions. All right. So that's the first question. Write down what your biggest dream is. Uh, then the next question you want to ask yourself, what would I need to do? What What's one, two, or three actions that I already know that I need to do to make that a reality? Mm -hmm. So write down those things that you need to do. What's one, two, or three behaviors, commitments, obligations, or anything else that I need to get, or yeah, or thought patterns that I need to get rid of or eliminate from my life so that I can get closer to this? So write those things down. Chances are you already know all of these things. Now, ask your, go through each of the three, one, two, or three things of what you know you should do and the one, two, or three things that you know you need to eliminate from your life and ask yourself for each one. Why haven't you already started this? There you go. There's the money shot. And why haven't you already put an end to this? And all of the excuses that you put down for each one of those, excuses equal limiting beliefs. I promise right. you the code is in there. So step number one, you got to become aware of your limiting beliefs. Step number two, how do you get beyond them? Well, question everything. Do whatever you do. Don't be, don't believe everything you think. Yes, <laughs> yes, I love that. Yeah, it goes you back to the are not process. your thoughts. 
Yeah, Say the that conditioning again? process that goes the conditioning process that happens. I've I've been I've been so keen on human developments for so many years, and I started peeling back the onion. I'm like, okay, most people are dealing with the symptoms of situations, but for me as a coach, I wanted to differ differentiate myself. I'm like, okay, how can we get to the root? We don't need to go through Tony Robbins' 17 different programs to really have a kick-ass life. So I was like, what was the root, and what causes us to be the people that we are? And I started peeling back the onion, and I realized through some work and looking in child psychology that we become the people that we're going to become between the ages of zero and five. That yeah. that developmental period where you were talking about shaping the beliefs, all those different inputs that we received from our parents and our guardians and everybody else that was trying to make better for us, we develop like, okay, this is a sense of who I am. And then we go out there and we find the validation of it because we're we that's what we focus on the most. And so we have to rewrite that script in our brain to be able to do that. Um, one of the things I want to talk about here real quick is your journey of health. Am I able to uh, share some pictures anything, with the audience? Anything you want, my friend. Yeah. So I want to I want to just give everybody context here of what cliff has uh done with himself because i believe that um uh pictures are worth a thousand words so i want to just share this with everybody so this is cliff back in the day ladies and gentlemen right there this is cliff the gentleman you're seeing right before us talk to us about this guy who was this guy what was his childhood like what were some of the inputs that you had that got you to this point and let's talk about what broke you out of that because you obviously became the man that's standing uh sitting here before us today this beautiful gentleman who has taken care of his health and taking care of his vessel talk to us about who this guy was what your childhood was like and what got you to that spot and then what was that trip factor was it the trip to the hospital or was it something different and how you managed to do that because so many people out there want to lose weight but they don't know where to start talk to us about that journey for us, man, because it's it's truly inspiring. I know a lot of people who are stuck and they're feeling like they just can't do it. They lose a few pounds. They gain a few pounds back. What was that for you? What was that breaking point? What was that childhood like? Yeah. So childhood was uh, filled with a little bit of trauma. I was uh, my uh, biological dad. So when I talk about my dad and my grandfather and all that stuff, I just wanted to let you know, talk, I'm talking about who was once my stepdad, but he's since adopted me since my biological dad uh, passed away. But I, from the time I was born until my biological dad, who, who I had a relationship with throughout my entire life, he died in 2015. He was a drug addict and an alcoholic. Mm. And as a kid, we lived in government housing, very dangerous, dicey situations, had a knife held to my neck, watched people hold guns to people's temples. Um, all of this stuff. I mean, some I've been there pretty, too. <laughs> pretty tragic, some pretty interesting stuff. So then my mom gets remarried uh, when I was about five, six years old, and my stepdad becomes my dad, and I and and my life becomes a lot more privileged at this point. Okay. So, but the interesting thing is, is we live. I live in Northern Kentucky, just across the river from Cincinnati, Ohio, and this is in the mid to late seventies, and I became the one of two white kids in an all-black school in Cincinnati, where Cincinnati is not known for having great race relations back in the day. <laughs> All right? So uh, so I had this, I was an outsider is what I'm trying to tell you. I sure. was a complete outsider. I did not do great. Uh, they, did not, they didn't pay any attention to me in this public school that I was in. So f at first grade, they passed me with perfect grades, moving right, just moving through the system, but I couldn't spell cliff. <laughs> on a piece of paper. Wow. So, so my mom and dad were concerned about this and they decided to put me in a Catholic school. Nobody in our family's Catholic. I'm not Catholic. So now I am the only kid in an all Catholic school. Outsider anyone? Yeah. So I lived this life of the outsider all the way up until seventh grade. And my best friend, 
I'll never forget the day that he said this to me. He was my best friend at the time. <laughs> but he says, wow, Cliff, it looks like you got the Dunlap disease. And I'm like, what? He goes, well, it looks like your belt or your belly's done lapped over your belt. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that stung so much mm-hmm. that I just began to adopt that as my identity. I'm an overweight kid. You know, it just is what it is. I like my candy bars. I eat my, I drink my sugary sodas. I eat cake. I mean, I eat bags of Doritos, all of the stuff. And so from that point forward, I just, I just, the, my body mass grew and grew and grew all the way up until what you saw in that picture. And what, what, what did you weigh in those pictures? If you don't mind me asking, I got all the way up to just under 300 pounds. Wow. Wow. Amazing, dude. So to answer your other question, when, what shifted it? It was the it was the experience in the hospital. That is the first. That was the first trigger to say, "Ooh, I've got to do something." That's where I began to start studying personal growth, personal development, self help, self improvement. Which I got to tell you, Christopher, that was a very difficult challenge for me. Yeah, talk because to us about that. I came from an incredibly fundamentalist Christian Protestant background. And, and I was taught, this is our theology. This is what we believe. This is how you believe. Everybody else on the planet is wrong, by the way. Oof. Only we're right. And whatever you do, stay away from self-help, self-development. All of that stuff is new age, new thought. It is the work of the enemy. You will die. They, will, they are false teachers. They will lead you astray. And if you get in there, they're just going to say things that make you feel good. And that's the first step of the slippery slope. And you will become a, an apostate. You will become a heretic and you will burn in hell for eternity. Wow. That's not the first time I've heard that. And that is so shocking to me still to this day, man. Thank you for sharing that. That's, that's just incredible. Yep. Wow. So, so what flipped? So <laughs> I, I read the books and today I'm, I'm a proud, I'm a heretic and an apostate. <laughs> I don't know what that is. That that's fine. Yeah, oh. but, but those who know know. Uh, that that's what I would actually the the Cliff Ravenscraft of fifteen years ago would call me today a heretic and an apostate. I'm not. I I still consider myself to be a Christian, but I wouldn't I wouldn't pass the smell test for my fundamentalist upbringing. If if you know what I mean. Gotcha. Yep. So with all of that being said. Here's what happened. I started reading Think and Grow Rich. Yeah. I started reading uh, The 4-Hour Workweek. I started re- reading Psycho-Cybernetics by mm-hmm. Dr. Maxwell Maltz. I, yep. I began studying all these things. And as a result of that, I'm starting to see, it's like, wow, I have the power to change who I am. I have the power to change what I believe. I have the power to actually choose my own identity. I have the power to create my life. Yes, it's like, wow, I have the power. It's like, ooh. And and, and I'm, I'm telling you, it's like, there used to be r- like radio programs. It's like, be careful because you'll start getting into the self and you'll start thinking you have the power. And I'm like, well, that's because I do have the power. <laughs> we all do. I yeah. do have the power. And, and of course, I've proven that I have the power by actually making some of these shifts. Now, for a, a, a period of time, I began to put a lot of my focus on my health and fitness journey. Saw some great initial success, lost about 65, 70 pounds, kept it off for about 18 months. I was working out consistently, eating healthy. 
Um, and then what happened was I was also growing my business. Oh my gosh. I told you I had $11,000 net income my first year, right? right? Well, my second year I was actually consistently making revenue, quickly turned my business into a six-figure income, have had many, many years where I'm making half million dollars a year, $750,000 a year. Generating millions of dollars of revenue in my business is, is easy. I could do it like this anytime I need or want to. All right. So what happened was I began to take all this self-help, self-improvement, all of these tools, techniques, and strategies, and I was known as the podcast answer man. And even though I did a lot of streaming, people only saw this much of me, right? Right. And most people, the hundreds of thousands that followed the, the content I'm producing, they never see my face. It's only my voice. My voice is pretty cool. I like my voice. You have a great voice. You have a voice so, made for radio. Exactly. Exactly. That's what, I, that's what I, I was I always a, told too. That's why we do this. And I had the looks made for radio physically as well. And so, so it wasn't that big of a deal. I could make a ton of money and I could be incredibly inspiring and be incredibly unhealthy physically. Um, and so what happened? Right? You felt incongruent. That? Did you feel incongruent about that? Like I, you're telling, I didn't. Telling but you I, did? di I didn't because <laughs> the thing is, is at the time, I had gotten away from my initial vision of I'm going to inspire and blah, blah, blah. And, and I, I'm like, I'm, people don't see me as the Cliff Ravenscraft. He's the mindset going to change your life guy. I was Cliff Ravenscraft, podcast answer man. I'm the guy who can help you launch a podcast. And you, gotcha. don't, you don't care if I'm 300 pounds or 180 sure. pounds. In that situation, no. I, I, just, Cliff, you helped me launch a podcast. You're great. You're awesome. Thank you. You're worth it. I'll tell, I'll tell everybody in the world about you. It doesn't matter how much I weighed. So what happened was I became incredibly profitable, incredibly successful in my business in, in ways that are beyond explanation. But then what happened was I went about a year and a half, had lost all that weight, and I had one of those situations where it was, I was consistent like every day. It's like I never failed for 18 months. That's one of the worst things that could happen to me because I never failed. <laughs> and having this perfect, I did not realize I had a perfectionist, I'm all in or nothing kind of mentality. Totally and understand so that. <laughs> I got the flu. I was on the West Coast on a business trip. And I was laid up in a hotel room for about three or four days, could not get out of bed. The only food was um, uh, that room service food. It wasn't I, I hadn't worked out, and I'm eating burgers and fries. And I hadn't eaten that in 18 months. Mm. Next thing you know, I finally get over the flu, and I finish up my business trip, come back home. I'm way behind on work. I'm out of the routine of working out. Of I'm still not feeling everything. I'm head first into my business. And I'm like, well, you know, I've already been out for three weeks. What's another three weeks? And, and next I'll month, start I'm next a, week. Yeah, uh, I'll get caught up and I'll start next week. And next thing you know, about six months later, I weigh almost 300 pounds again. Mm. But I'm incredibly profitable, hey, right? I'm going to die here, with a lot of money. <laughs> I'll die with a lot of money. So what happened was um, I, I, put, I put all of my time, everything I learned about mindset and everything, I just put it all into business and making money. And boy, I could, I mean, it's like, I felt like I could just print money off of, of, of a printer and it would just show up. And, and it is possible, by the way. <laughs> Not not literally, but yeah. you, you can, <laughs> you can trouble just for create money. Yeah, so, I tried photocopying a dollar once. It didn't work. <laughs> but um, here's what I will say is I began to realize it's like, wait a second. I am wasting my life answering people's questions about why is there a buzzing noise in the back of their audio? Mm -hmm. um, what cable do I need if I don't buy the same mixer that you recommend in your tutorials? 
And and I would just, it's like, what happened to the emails that I used to get where I'm having an incredible impact and influence in people's spiritual life, in their, in their family life, in their marriages and with their kids and all this other stuff? I want to have this kind of impact. And so I began to get very dissatisfied with my very successful podcast answer man business. And I said, what would life be like if I could help people with these kind of questions? Yeah. So I had the opportunity to start doing some coaching in that area, and I did, uh, and in mindset and business in mentorship, because now I've been doing this for more than 12 years at the time, and I have a lot of experience, and I have a lot of new areas of expertise, tons of education. I have all sorts of stuff that I can bring to the table to folks. But here's what happened. I, my friend Michael Hyatt invited me to speak at his platform conference. And I spoke at all five of his platform conferences. And there was a, during this season, there were sometimes I, I weighed, you know, I was at my highest weight. And then I'd show up about six months later, I, I weigh 30 pounds less. The next time I weigh about 20 pounds more. The next time I weigh about 22 pounds less. And I was <laughs> up and down. And I'll never forget, it was November 2014. And two weeks before I go to Colorado Springs, Colorado to speak at this event, I bought a brand new suit because I was, I was getting big again. Uh, matter of fact, right at the sizes you saw in those before photos, I was that big. Wow. And so I bought a brand new suit two weeks before, perfectly cut to, to fit me, right? I gained so much weight in two weeks no. that the morning that I spoke no. on that stage, I put my coat on and the button popped off. And I just, I just broke inside. It's like, wow, how out of control am I? Who am I to get up here on this stage and want to inspire people? And the, here's the thing. I'm, at this point, I'm trained professionally as a communicator on stage. So I get up on stage. I knock it out of the park, standing ovation, all this stuff. I know that spe public speaking has nothing to do with me. And it's all in service. So I, did, yeah. I, I knocked it out of the park. And the worst thing, well, the, both the worst and the, and the best thing in the world happened right afterwards. I love it. About 130 people stood in line to wait to talk to me after my talk. Wow. And person after person after person, Cliff, I love your podcast. I've been following you for more than a decade. You inspire me to know, and I want to be just like you. I want to do everything exactly what you have done. You, I, you are a perfect role model for me. And, and as soon as I'm hearing that, I'm thinking of that button that popped off as it popped off up in my yeah. hotel room. Oh. And I'm like, dang, there is no way I want any of you to follow my mom. I don't want any of you to work seven days a week, 12 to 14 hours a day. I don't want any of you to take just to feel like you have to work 18 hours a day just so that you can take one day a week off. I don't want any of you to to feel like you have to be perfect and if if you can't do it perfect all the time why bother i don't want any of you to go all in on money and forget about your true passion for serving people at the highest level i don't want any of you to do all of these things that i've done and it's like okay boom something's got to change and november mm -hmm. november 14th 2014 you know the date that's that's the date my life changed forever and since then, I've worked out six days a week, every week, and I made a commitment that I will do that for the rest of my life. Since November 2014, dropped over 100 pounds of body fat, put on over 20 to 30 pure pounds of muscle mass. Dude. And, and I'm, yeah, it's like, this is, this is who I am. 
Dude, that is so freaking inspiring. So freaking inspiring. Thank you for sharing that because yeah, at the end of the day, as a coach, that's one of the things we have to do is we have to be congruent. At least I do. I know I used to be, when I started, first started out, I was a relationship coach. And then I found myself giving people advice and I was in a relationship that wasn't going so well. And I'm like, okay, I know I, as I'm giving the advice, I'm like, I know I need to do that for myself. I know I need to do, do that for myself. And that incongruency caused me to sit there and say, okay, I'm not gonna be a relationship coach anymore. That's not my, that's not my wheelhouse. I can give people advice on that, but I'm not taking that advice. I'm not going to be able to live incongruently. And that's when you said, it was funny. You said mindset. That's when I became a mindset coach talking about, okay, well, how can we build confidence and courage and change our perspective? perspectives about the past, present, and the future and those things. So I love that. One of the things that I, I hear a lot of, and, and I want to get your take on this because you were in the situation, people are telling me that I'm doing the best I can, Chris, I'm doing the best I can. And for me, I said that back in about 2016 or 17, I'm like, God, I'm doing the best I can. I was putting my keys and stuff on my dresser. And I said, I was thinking about something at work that I did. And I said, well, I did the best I could. And I stopped myself, Cliff. And I went, Chris, did you really do your best? What is your best? And I started thinking about it. I'm like, okay, what do we have to do to figure out what our best is? So tell us about a time where you were thinking about, you know, you thought you did your best, the best that you could, and then you switched that. How do we get people to find what their true best is? Because I look at it this way. I'll, I'll give you an example. I had somebody not too long ago. I get a lot of people, you know, and you probably get the same thing. I'm asking why. So what's their, what's your biggest thing that you have? What's the biggest difficulty you have right now? Oftentimes it's either their weight or financial situations. And so they sit there and I said, okay, how much money do you need right now in order to, to get even and to be in a good spot? And I'll just use the recent one. It was $10,000. <clears> and like, oh, so $10,000 would set you right, right? And they said, yes. And I said, okay, what would you say if I said, you have to go out and earn $10,000 in seven days and it can't be illegal, immoral, or unethical? What would you tell me? And they were on, it was on a Zoom. And they're like, oh, Chris, if I could do that, I wouldn't need you. I wouldn't need you as a coach. And I said, okay, great. I said, we're going to shift the gears a little bit. I said, I'm going to be, I'm going to go dark because I think there's, I think there's great leverage in darkness. I said, do you have any kids? And they said, yes. And I said, tell me about your kids. And they had three kids. And I said, I said, um, what's your youngest one? And they said, my daughter, Amanda. I said, how old is she? She's four. And I said, what would you do for Amanda on a scale of one to 10, 10 being anything? Would you stand in front of a bullet for Amanda? Yes, I would. Okay. So I'm going to go dark. So you come home from work tomorrow and you walk in the door and there's a guy with a gun to Amanda's head. And that guy says to you, you need to come up with $10,000 and it can't be illegal and moral or unethical or I'm going to blow her brains out. I said, do you find a way to get that $10,000? Yes or no? Without hesitation. Boom. Yes. And I said, okay, what switched for you? The thing that switched for you was the amount of leverage and the fact that you, you, you would do anything to make that happen. So right now you're not doing everything to make things happen for yourself. So talk to us about that. How do we get people to switch that switch without being dark? Well, I, first of all, I love everything that you were saying there. The only thing is, is I'd like to be a contrarian if I can for just a moment and oh, say, that, Absolutely. say that I do believe that we're all doing the best we can. You do? I do. Mm. Ha. But let me add a little extra phrase on there. <laughs> I believe we're all doing the best we can with what we currently have to work with. See, what happened was prior to you asking those questions, before you went dark and started to help him see things from a different perception and different perspective and a different belief system about what this world is and about what he could achieve, he was limited to his perception. He was limited to his conditioned beliefs. He was limited to his ways of seeing the world. And so up until that point, without you asking those questions, without you opening new insights within him, yeah. he was doing the best he could with what he had to work with. But in a conversation with you, you actually gave him new 
code. You, you helped him dig out and started to reveal some of the limiting beliefs, and you exposed those beliefs as a lie. And as soon as you actually exposed the, the belief that I, there's no way I could come up with $10,000, and you said, wait a second, is that true? <laughs> and you asked him questions. And if in, in this case, would you do it? And, and now all of a sudden, he's now he's actually got something to do different to work with. Yes. If you had not asked him the question, there's nothing he could have done to come up with the $10,000. It's only with new information, the new code. And so you actually did help him, number one, become aware of a belief, and sure. then you actually helped him disassociate from that belief by actually helping him see that, yes, you can do this in this scenario, what you're lacking is leverage, now blah, blah, blah. And so that's the only reason, that's the only other thing. The question you asked though is, how can we do that without going dark? Mm -hmm. um, and you don't have to go that dark. So. Uh, what I like to do is go into maybe, you know, hey, what what's the what's life really all about for you? That so I, I go there. And then I'm like, let me ask you this. What what would you say is something you're most proud of? Who do you love the most? You know, find out what it is that they really want to achieve, what they value, what's already motivating them, all, all the things that they're proud of, all the things. What would you do most to avoid? Find out what yeah. their values are. And, and then all of a sudden, what I like to do is I'd like to take somebody who's really struggling to achieve, let's just say, weight loss or writing that book that they say they want to write or, you know, make you know writing that marketing plan so that they can make that offer for something that's going to generate more money in their business whatever it is they're procrastinating on rather than going dark what i which i can go dark i've gone dark before trust me it, it's very effective tool resourceful it is very resourceful but what i like to do is i like to paint a picture and i like to create what's called neuro associations which is what you're doing yeah. uh, when you do the, get this leverage and i want to see if i can't find is there any massive immediate unbearable pain to this so for me i for myself i could have went dark and said okay let, let me ask you this. How long do you think you're going to live if you continue to walk around and in two weeks you grow so much that you can't fit in clothes? Do you, you know, I, I could have said, hey, that numbness in your fingers and your toes, imagine yourself, you know, as they start cutting them off with the, the big chunky scissors at the hospital. Mm -hmm. All right. Diabetes, I, I want, yeah. I want you to start thinking about, you know, the quadruple you know, by, bypass surgery that they're going to have. I want you to start thinking about all the medications you're going to be on and, and all these, read, go read True. this. I could have went dark. I didn't go, I didn't have to go there though. So instead for me, what was the leverage that I used? Well, first and foremost, I, one of my values is being an authentic, transparent, and honest person. And I want to encourage and inspire people. My number one value is to be of service of, to others at the highest level. And my desire for, for the most is to help people break free from anything that's holding them back from living the life they're created. And one thing I know is that the best way for me to do that is to be an example of yes. living the life for which I was created. And then all I have to do is look in the mirror and look at myself and say, am I living the life for which I was created when it comes to my physical fitness and health? The Love answer it. is no. Mm -hmm. So Cliff, how long do you want to be a fraud when it comes to trying to convince to other people to do what it is that you are unwilling to do yourself? See, that's not, psych that's not dark. 
but it's it. still it's still leverage. Yep. And and it's like shifting Cliff, that perspective. It's Just like Cliff, if you you can continue you could continue on and and you could eat yourself into a grave as the podcast answer man. But if your true heart's desire is to become known as the mindset answer man, if your true heart's desire is to really help people live the life they feel called to live in this world and you're not doing it in your own physical body, you can't do this. You won't be able to gain the credibility and trust of others. Yes. And so it's like to be trusted by others. I had my, Tony Robbins talks about the six human needs. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, when it comes to uh, significance, significance at the time was very high for me. It's not today, yeah. but significance was really high. So it's like, listen, Cliff, you will not be significant as a motivational speaker without having some kind of logical demonstrable thing i mean it's great that you have this business but what if you could show them the business and this yeah and so as tony robbins talks about he says listen you want to create neuroassociations, massive immediate unbearable pain to not doing what it is that you want that you say you need to do and then associating immediate and massive pleasure to taking action now and so that's how I get that leverage. And you don't have to go dark if you don't want to. Oh, man. I love this conversation, dude. I love it. I love it. I love it. it can you believe we've already been talking for 52 minutes? I can't um, believe it. It's. I told you it was going to go by fast. It's, it's just me and you sitting at a bar or a coffee shop. I, I definitely want to get you back on the show. We've got so many uh, so many more questions that are popping into my brain, but in the interest of time, I always keep these to less than an hour. Where can people get a hold of you to get your books, listen to your podcast, and, and have a one-on-one -on -one with you if that's so what they desire? Well, I don't have any books, but I do have podcasts, 48 of them, by the way. Yeah, yeah I checked them out. You've got, you've got more. I got three. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you can find all of my podcasts over at cliffravenscraft.com. But there is one place that I would encourage everybody to go. Uh, certainly check out the Cliff Ravenscraft show in your favorite podcast directory. But go to mindsetanswerman.com slash free. I have an annual conference that I do. I haven't been doing it the last couple of years since COVID, but right. it'll eventually come back. It's called Free the Dream Conference. But if you go to mindsetanswerman.com slash free, you'll get the opening keynote address. It's a one-hour talk, and it's titled All Beliefs Have Consequences. We talked a little bit about how to become aware of your beliefs, but in this talk, I talk about the four steps that are necessary. You want to actually, number one, become aware of your beliefs. Number two, how to um, disassociate from the beliefs, how to condition new beliefs, and how to create patterns that will help you stick with those beliefs for the rest of your life. So this one 60-minute talk will radically transform your life forever. I love it. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it right here from Cliff Ravenscraft, man. It's been a, an honor and a privilege to have this conversation with you tonight. Um, appreciate you being here. I'm going to put you backstage for a second. Don't go anywhere because I still want to chat with you after the show goes over, but I'm just going to end the show right now. So thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Don't go anywhere. And there we have it, ladies and gentlemen, 54 minutes, 29 seconds of pure awesomeness. Um, so many amazing comments tonight. And I appreciate you guys all being here. We got Glenda in the house, we got Robert in the house. We got uh, Glenda says here, she goes, I believe in question everything and what taught question. Yes, you got questions are like the cornerstone. You start asking yourself different questions. You start getting different answers, ladies and gentlemen. We got Nellie in the house from Hooked on Humanity. She goes, this is exactly why I don't subscribe or commit to any particular religious organization. They are all about control straight up. Yes, I agree. That's why I'm not affiliated with them either. Um, Glenda says, talk the talk and walk the walk, baby. 
We got Jacqueline in the house, kick-ass Irish Jack, uh, Jacqueline in the house. She says, the person, the only person that is stopping you from reaching your goals and dreams is you. Go for them. 100% couldn't say that even any better than that, Jacqueline. You know, it is really so important. I mean, we got to take responsibility for our own life. We're not here to exist in life, ladies and gentlemen. We're here to live life. and We're here to create a legacy that we're super proud of. No matter when our time comes, that we can look at it. God forbid my times today, I can look back on my life and be super, super proud of the legacy that I built, the, the, the lives I've changed. And most importantly, my beautiful son, um, Robert, I love this. Robert says, my dark side is majestic. Okay, Robert, I need you to define majestic because you've told me a little things. You've said some things here and there, and I'm not sure they're so majestic, but I pre I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're majestic now. Uh, Robert says here, thank you both. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, he says here, uh, it has to be a balance me out the way I like to show up. Yeah, you got to sit there and think about it. Who is it that I want to represent in this particular life form? Who, what do I want to be remembered for? People are going to sit there and they're not going to really listen to what you say and everything else. They're going to remember how you made them feel. And so it's incumbent upon us to sit there and show up in life every single day. And we wake up in the morning with a sense of gratitude, with a sense of intention of what it is that we're going to accomplish, especially if we're accomplishing the legacy that we want to, 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 to achieve. One of the biggest things that you guys can do, and you've heard me say it a thousand times on here, but I haven't had anybody reach out to me and tell me about it, is write your eulogy. That's something I did. Cliff kept talking about 2008. 2008, I was at a funeral and I went and I sat there and I was listening to everybody and they were like, this person did this and this person did this. And I thought to myself, if I died tomorrow, who would show up and what would they say? And immediately came to mind, it was going to be about 10 or 15 people. They would bring uh, cases of Miller Genuine Draft and bottles of Jack Daniels and Motley Crue and Bon Jovi records. And they would talk about all the stupid shit Chris did. And then they would go, oh yeah, he was homeless for four years. He tried to kill himself twice and he sucked at it. He had a gun put to his head and almost died. And uh, then he got went back to school and, and got a master's degree and had an amazing career. And then he changed lives. It was going to be, that would, that would be like the little footnote, but the rest of it would just be all the stupid shit Chris did. Cause I have done some pretty crazy stuff and some pretty fun stuff. I had a good time in life. Let's just put it to you that way. So ultimately I went home and I took out a pen and paper. God is my witness. And I started writing my eulogy, Christopher, da, 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 da. and I got down to this part where I said, Christopher Roush will have fought for what was right and what was fair. He will have risked for which that mattered. And he will have left the earth a better place for who he was and what he did. And from that point forward, when I wake up in the morning, I sit there and I, my choice is to fulfill that legacy. So I'm taking actions every single day so that if my day is today, and this is the last thing I ever do, my son can sit there and watch and go, dad was on point. He was walking the talk. So ladies and gentlemen, stop being incongruent with yourself. Stop lying to yourself, hoping that you're going to believe yourself one day. It's ridiculous to think that you're going to lie to yourself. Be honest with yourself right now. Like Cliff said, talk about your values, write your values down. What do I value most? And then go be congruent with that every single day of your life. It will not be perfect and it will not be easy, but I could tell you, you saw the pictures of Cliff. It will be worth it. It will be worth it. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been a phenomenal conversation here tonight. I appreciate you guys all for being here. Let's just take a second here. And uh, cause you guys start asked me, started, you guys wanted me to start telling you this guys, let me say that again. You guys wanted me to start telling you this, this stuff. So next week here on the unfiltered experience, we have Kelsey Matheson. Um, that is a friend of Scott. It's a recommendation for Scott. Uh, he is excited about having her on the show. So we're going to have Kelsey Matheson here. So be here again, put it on your calendar, 5 PM Friday night, Pacific standard time. And of course, as always go check out our podcast, um, uh, wherever podcasts are sold, you can go to www.theunfilteredexperience. If you'd like little, uh, oops, 
If you like uh, little visuals, there it is, theunfilteredexperience.com. Go there. You can join the Facebook community and you can give us feedback on what type of subjects you want and what type of guests you want. And as promised, uh, starting in May, we're going to be doing seasons of this show where we're going to take a, a major topic and then we're going to break up each episode into subject matter and uh, give you that chunk there. So it's going to be like a master class, if you will. So thank you guys for being brilliant. Share this out if you got value out of it. And again, don't forget to go back to helphealhumanity.com, helphealhumanity.com and make your donation there let us know that you did that and if 200 dollars, you get a free hour of my time so i love you guys go out there and be brilliant rock and roll have a great life and i will see you here next time on the unfiltered experience we wish scott well where's scott all right love you guys peace